Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter Podcast, where we listen into a group of rural firefighters as they give their opinions on the challenges they face both on and off the fireground. We release a new episode every week, so please hit that subscribe button, leave us a rating, and share this with your fire family and friends. Now on to this week's episode, where as always, we ask the question, are you DTFF? Hello and welcome to the Volunteer Firefighter <laughs> Podcast. A beer cabinet? What? You have a beer cabinet? Water cabinet. No, water. Water mm-hmm. cabinet. You have a Walter cabinet? Walter? <laughs> Tell you, man. You probably let him out. Tell you. <laughs> my name is Carl and tonight I have two members of my firefighting family. I have Ash. Hey guys. And I have Scott. <laughs> Hi there. <laughs> What is going on? Uh, tonight's already a write-off. Tonight is a write-off. Um, yeah. uh, last week we discussed um, our training uh, section of what we're going to be going through in uh, the first week. So actually, it would be the second week of September. Yeah, soon. Yeah, mm-hmm. very soon. Soon if not, yeah. Soon if not now. <laughs> soon if not this week. Um, yeah, yeah. So we'll uh, we'll see if we can get some footage of that as well, because uh, I know that we've had some questions on that, um, and some people would like us to post up the uh, the sheet for the information sheet. So I'm going to put that online so that everyone can see it and they can use it too. Sure. Yeah. Just give my stuff away. <laughs> <laughs> Just trend setting. It's my sheet. Um, yeah, but first, we got some news. Uh, Scott? Uh, yeah, I think it's just an ongoing follow-up to the uh, um, hurricane. What's, what's the name of the hurricane again? Dorian? Dorian. Yeah, Dorian, like the fruit. Like the smelly fruit people eat, but not. So Dorian um, struck the Bahamas pretty badly over the last... Well, several, it's, been, it's actually been a few weeks since it happened. Now. Um, but the Coast Guard continues to work. Um... Last reports were 290 people were rescued. Um, they have like six helicopters working, nine Coast Guard cutters. Um, like 20,000 meals ready to eat have been distributed to people. Um, communications are down all over the islands. Yeah. Uh, fire rescue teams are all are like basically scattered all over trying to rescue people. Pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. It's good that we don't have we don't really get natural disasters like that here. I mean, I guess the biggest natural disaster we get is uh, wildfires. Fires and floods. Yeah, fires like. and floods are our biggest concern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hurricanes? No. No. <laughs> I mean, we. I guess we could get a nasty snowstorm. Like, yeah. We don't really get a blizzard where we are, but no. definitely in Canada there was blizzards or mm-hmm. has been. But we're very lucky. The pocket that we're in is yeah. probably one of the safest places on the planet. Honestly, because yeah. we're off the <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah we're off the. Um, Earthquake belt. Yeah. <laughs> um, we might so, become ocean front at some point. <laughs> at one, some day, point. one day we might. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, we're pretty well protected in mm-hmm. our little pocket of, of goodness here. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. It's very true. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, hopefully, everything on that front settles down, and hope everyone's. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, have you talked to the bar guys? Have they been affected by? Because I know. So that, I did. Yeah, I, I reached out. Them. A little bit ago, and I just asked him, like, hey, like, you guys are coastal, what's uh, what's the scoop there? And uh, for being coastal, they're, they're in a, um, they're fairly protected 
where they are. They they've got it um like a bay. Um sounds like it's a harbour. Like, huh? like a harbour. Harbour. Like a harbour, harbour. Right? <laughs> it's um, the deck. Hmm? <laughs> what? The deck. Deck. <laughs> I know work the deck. <laughs> <laughs> it was back to the seriousness of the news. Nick was yet. They're okay. Okay. The, short the moral of the story is they're okay. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're semi protected some somehow. I don't understand. Yeah, because it hit Halifax as, yeah. a, as a tropical storm, mm-hmm. which is above them. So I, don't know, I just wonder. I, yeah, like so. After I talked, I'm like, are, are you sure that you're okay? <laughs> just lying <laughs> to you, right? Like. It doesn't seem right, because I seen that. Yeah, it was it, it was hitting, it, it was in Halifax. Yeah. Thing, things were going sideways up north, and I knew Florida was a disaster. Yeah. So I'm like, well, where? Like, <laughs> like, I, I'm not completely. He's firefighter, okay. He's like yeah. drifting on a draft on a on a raft somewhere with a hose in hand. We're fine, good. Fine, I got water. Good. <laughs> I got water. I got <laughs> access. We <laughs> to the internet. We can still. He's got his little bat blue. <laughs> no, they were drinking Moosehead Lager. They were. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think I've ever drank. No. Not no. that I'm a big beer guy, but I... It is a... Uh, it's an Eastern Canadian... Uh, yeah. Whatever. Brewery. Oh, okay. Uh, I also haven't had any... Uh, but uh, it's better than Labatt Blue. <laughs> Blue. Blue. I actually got some more news for us. <laughs> Yes. Back to the seriousness of the news. Yes. So, um, news from south of the border. Um, Okanagan County um, in Washington, a uh, firefighter was injured in a uh, grass fire, which turned out to be um, the assistant chief for the OMAC fire department. Um they at, at this point they have him in a medically induced coma with uh second to third degree burns over 60% of his body uh was flown from the scene to Harborview Medical in Seattle which is a fairly big hospital um uh 142 acres of grass was burned uh I don't really have the details on on how how he got himself out there but uh yeah, it sounds like he's in a pretty bad way. So we just wanted to um, throw some love out there, and um, there's a GoFundMe page too. Oh, is it? Yeah, is yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If we can find that and share it, maybe that'd, yeah. that'd be good information to toss out there. Um, yeah, so keeping them, you know, keeping him, keeping his family and the and the fire hall all, all in our thoughts and such. Yeah, kind of goes back to where we were talking about. Dangerous um, grass fire. It's like, oh, it's just a grass fire. But mm. Grass fires, like I said before, they're mm. either one of the ones I worry about the most. Yep. Like a grass fire or wildfire, not mm-hmm. not necessarily a structure fire because you know, structure fires contained in that little box. You know, it could collapse on us, but if we're not going in or mm-hmm. you know, if we're safe, or we do everything we kind of train to do. We're generally pretty safe. Yeah, exactly. But a wildfire, you're at the whim of the wind, mm-hmm. basically, and it can switch on you pretty fast. I've got a. One of my employees is uh, ex wildland firefighter, and we go back and forth about it. And I say to him, "Like, hey, if it's a dangerous situation, 
can you just protect the bush around you? And he's like, no, like you have to put the fire out. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Like where we can say if it's really, you know, if it's bad, we just protect the houses to the left and to the right. Exposures. Protect your exposures. Done. Right. Like we don't have to go in. Yeah. You know, we, it's in nature to want to do this, but if uh, if it's a no go situation, just protect the exposures and mm. it'll burn itself out. A raging forest fire will not just burn itself out until all of the forest is gone. <laughs> I feel though um, that's kind of the um, the way the structural protection guys look at it. Mm-hmm. They they set up the sprinklers, they have it ready to go, and then they have what do they call them again? Um, breakaway points or trigger points. Mm. Um, so there's a trigger point that they, they they were telling us on this last wildfire we had. There's a trigger point that they they have set. So when the fire gets to this trigger point, mm. that's when they turn the pumps on. They turn all the pumps on, and then they 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 leave. Mm. So the pumps run flowing just just sprinklers, and then they take off. But they do flow sprinklers quite a lot. I think just just to get the humidity level up, right? And to, to soak the grass down. But the true trigger point is once is when they're going to leave. Mm. They make sure the water is topped up. And that's what we were doing that couple nights. We were we were running tenders yep. for them, tenders or tankers, <laughs> not chicken tenders. These weird chicken tenders. <laughs> we're just running them around. We were, we're, we were running our water hungry? tenders um, <laughs> to fill up those portable tanks um, mm-hmm. in the event that they needed them. But yeah, that's I guess that's kind of their answer to exposure protection. It's just it's like the reverse. Protect the property and don't worry about the exposures. Yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I guess the exposures are the property. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, it's an interesting way to fight fires, mm-hmm. wildfires. Yeah, it's a crazy one. Yeah. Those, those boys and girls, baby crazy, baby crazy. Are you watching those uh, those jet aircrafts? They have like seven thirty sevens that are water bombers. Have you seen those? Man, yeah. I forget what it's called. It's but it, <coughs> they have video of it going into the canyon, into a canyon like a jet plane. It's, you know, normally you shouldn't see a jet plane going in. Usually you're like, ah, it's about to crash. Yeah. And it just goes in, drops its load, and <laughs> out it goes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I seen that one. There was one where the the belly of the plane scrapes the tops of the trees. Oh, I didn't see that one. I heard about it. You guys were telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, that one was close. But again, it goes back to those badass air bomber <laughs> boys and girls that just mm-hmm. nail it. Like, they, they fly so dangerously low, they commit 100% because... Oh. You've got that much weight on it. As soon as that nose point goes down, you drop and you pull, or you're mm-hmm. gone. Like, yeah. so you got to know what you're doing for sure. That's why I always call bullshit on the uh, airliners when they can't fly in fog. <laughs> Sorry, we can't land right now. There's fog in the ground. There's a guy like flying through a smoke storm, <laughs> dropping chemicals a on smoke, fires. A smoke and fire storm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is fine. Let's get that guy to land my plane, please. Yeah. <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> well, I actually remember once we were. I was working out and actually out in Halifax out east and there was an ice storm and uh, we were trying to land and we were stuck in the airport for like 36 hours we had to do a like a thing out there and uh no one could land and <laughs> land in Halifax or actually sorry we were in Halifax no one could land in St. John's uh, like on the island there and um finally uh, one plane started like <laughs> the same plane landed like three times and we're like so it was the same pilot. So it was like, we were like, is it like the Russian pilot is missing a leg? He's like, I'm going in. <laughs> and, he was, and I'm in the plane. And yeah, sure enough, I'm looking out the window and all of a sudden like, there, there's there's the ground. It was like a foot away. <laughs> this is what we land. I'm like, oh. but no other pilot would do it. 
Except this one guy kept landing. He landed like four planes that day. <laughs> so he'd fly back, pick up another load, fly out. Yeah. Pretty crazy. He made his paycheck that day. Yeah. He's probably bombing fires now. That's yeah. Job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tonight we are going to be discussing. Probably a few uh, things. Yeah, a few things. We're going to start mm-hmm. off with uh, chatting about um, some bits and pieces with rookies and new guys and how. Uh, we can introduce them a little bit uh, slowly, you know, kind of good good calls, good methods, good things to get them introduced to as we uh, as they first start getting on the trucks after the training portion has been mm-hmm. done, or at least the initial training portion has been done. Uh, so, one of you boys want to start with that? Rock, paper, scissors, ashes up, Scott's up, Scott's up. Yeah, so like Carl said, we can do um, we do our training. We do our well, I mean, we talked about it quite extensively. Mm-hmm. We do our was it eight weeks now? Eight weeks about that. Eight weeks of initial rookie training. So that in those eight weeks, we go over a whole bunch of stuff. I don't know if we've ever actually done a episode on what we actually go over with them, but it's the standard stuff. It's teach them how to put on their PPE, teach them how to run the SCBA, um, teach them basic um, hose movement and control, how to hit a hydrant. Um, some ladders. I mean, realistically, the majority. Basically, of that test we did we talked about test. last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of that test is in there. Um, so that's what they learn in their eight weeks. They don't learn it one hundred percent, and it also it depends on what time of the year they start. So if they mm-hmm. start in the spring cycle, in those eight weeks, there's also three weeks of wildfire prep for them, teaching them how to deal yeah. with the wildfires because we know it's coming. Um, if we start a September class, well, this year we don't need one because we have enough members. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is unusual for the volunteer service, but we do mm-hmm. have enough members right now. Um, so if we have a September class and they don't necessarily need the wildfire prepped until, until the new year, but after the eight weeks, they're still not, they still haven't really passed too many courses. They're not in, they're not exterior, they're not interior, but we still just, we don't want to just leave them. Like we just want them like, yeah, we're going on a truck having fun. See ya. <laughs> um, because I, I do believe that's what happens in a lot of a lot of halls. Oh yeah. Um, the rookies get left behind, and you know I think that breeds a little bit of contempt. Um, makes them really like I wouldn't want to. If I if I couldn't get on a truck for six months, I wouldn't probably stick around. If I was a rookie, I'd be like, this is kind of lame. Um, I, which I think one of the worst things is these um, some of these composite halls that we that we talk to. Um, I know we talked to one in the summer. Yes. Um, where they have full-time guys, but they also have volunteers. And pretty much every time I've talked to one of these halls, it's like the full-time guys go to all the calls, including, like, even if they're not on shift, they get paged out first because it's a union deal. So they go out to all the calls, and the the volunteers or the paid-on calls come. They're almost called with mutual aid, mm-hmm. so they come later. So they might get one or two fires a year. It's normally mop-up <clears throat> as well from the yeah. conversations I've had. Yeah, so they, either, they might get one or two big calls a year where they actually get to maybe maybe grab a nozzle, probably not. Maybe do a backup on a guy. They're definitely not going in. They're not saving anybody. They're not doing that stuff. They're not definitely not going on the first truck. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to see what it initially looks like when you go first on a fire scene. Um, and yeah, then they just get made to roll hose and do mop-up. And who wants to do that? <laughs> like Without like, all the without all the, with, shit. Yeah without, yeah. yeah, without the chance of doing the other stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's a place for everybody that does that. And it's a very important part of the job. And we all do it. 
if the first and second truck have already rolled, that's what our job is, is to do that backup stuff. But in our hall, in most halls, it gives us a chance. Like, there's always a chance that we're going to make first truck, first, second truck, and you're going to be the first one there. Sometimes the first truck, we've discussed it, isn't the first vehicle on scene for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's diverted. Wrong, wrong driveway. Or... Takes the wrong driveway, <laughs> passes it, you know, especially in rural areas like us. Yeah. You can see the smoke cloud, but you don't know where it is. <laughs> yeah, so you're just trying to gauge, you know, directions. So sometimes you, you hit second truck and you're first on scene and... Yeah. Or sometimes the fire, a lot recently, as we've been talking about the year of structure fires, every unit's been getting action. It doesn't matter what it is, you know. It's oh been, yeah, it's been mm -hmm. chaos. Yeah, but if you were on one of these composite ones, typically those guys aren't going to see any action if yeah. they're if they're the paid on call guys. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't imagine being a rookie paid on call guy. <laughs> if, the, if the regular paid on call guys aren't getting any action, the rookie paid on call guy isn't. So I, that. That might be, you know, they're looking, oh, why is the fire service you know, so bad? Well, that might be one reason. <laughs> Maybe let's uh, bring some of those paid-on-call guys in more often. That could help solve some of the composite fire departments. But then, the, I don't know, maybe the union guy, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I work in a union job uh, from the fire service, but I know how unions work. They, uh, they want more union members. <laughs> so maybe they don't, want the, they don't want the volunteer service to work out because they see it as, well, the fire service is necessary. Let's let the volunteer fire service die out, so we can convince cities that they have towns, small towns, that they have to hire guys. Maybe that's the end goal for some mm -hmm. of these. But I don't want to. I'm not a conspiracy. <laughs> There's a, actually a good podcast I heard that is a conspiracy not <laughs> podcast, but we're not going to go into that. But maybe that is one reason. Potentially why it's not an issue to some mm -hmm. some of these um, bigger communities. Yeah, I mean, you know, but then again, if you look at the numbers right now, volunteers obviously m like massively outnumber well, paid departments and, and, and paid staff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Near 90 now yeah. for the majorities. Yeah, because some of the paids are, have been shut down for different reasons. And, you know, so yeah, there's, there's been, a, I mean, the whole financial thing right now is crazy. Um, I was reading a whole bunch of uh, departments that have been closed down. Um, people's coverage areas are getting expanded. Budget cuts. Uh, budget cuts. So, you know, you would think all this money that went to that department will now be shared. Well, no. It's not just still there. So now they're getting rid of that. You're doing a larger area and you're also taking a cut with your budget, right? So... Yeah. Um, was it Ontario? They just There was Ontario or Calgary? There was one I was just reading and they had just dropped like $23 million out of their budget. And they expanded their area. It was mm -hmm. something stupid. It was yeah. a ridiculous big, big number. Dollars, yeah. I was like, holy shit, yeah. man. Like, that is mm -hmm. nuts. There you go. Yeah. Really well, and then one of the big things here in, in BC was the uh, EHS is, has uh, changed the way they call it the fire. So it's not, like, for the first responders, there's a lot of, like, the protocols have changed. I'm not 100% sure exactly what, but they get called out a lot less for first responder calls now. It used to be, yeah. like, Pretty much anyone, like any medical call, was almost always you'd almost have a fire truck show up. Now, no, there's a certain pr protocols when the fire fire gets called, so that's starting to affect their call volumes and their budgets too, right? Because mm -hmm. we know, like in these full time departments, like ninety five to ninety eight percent of their call volume is medical. Medical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not fire. It's medical. Yeah, it's crazy when you think about that. And I know we've spoke about it before too, but you know, if we talk to you, uh, some members of a full-time department up the valley from us and you ask them how many structure fires that they go on right i mean they've got their call volumes 
through the roof. It's insane. They're like 2,000, 3,000 calls. Yeah. But, but I've seen more structure fire than they have in yeah. two years. Isn't that crazy? But if you take the percentage of how many medical calls and then pull that out, oh, they're sitting about, you know, two, 300 calls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where we're sitting. Yeah, I, I checked the uh, the call logs for the year, our year. <laughs> According to the call logs, I think we've had 13 structure fires this year. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> Which is like, oh. Nice. I know we've got a lot, year. but uh, I mean, maybe a couple of those got written down as structure fires and maybe there was like smoke coming from a building kind of stuff, but. Yeah. But well, we've had some big ones. Yeah, but we definitely had some big ones. Yeah, that's some big if, ones. if it says 13, I bet you we're a solid eight. Like good, big, like big like, ones. And I can usually tell by if I see what, because it always, apparatus. you know, right? Yeah, and well, next to our, the mark, like next to Structure Fire, it has number of, uh, it has number of firefighters on scene next to it. And when I, when I see like the, the 25s and, you know, 20 members on scene, I'm like, oh, and, and then I can look at how long it lasts because we also have that marked down. It's like, mm-hmm. Oh, it was a four-hour-long call. Okay, that was a real one. <laughs> that was a big fire. Yeah. 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 And there was, there was a lot of those. So. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a, as a volunteer group, I don't know what it is this year. We've been busy with it for sure. Um, but I wonder if anyone else has. Actually, if you're listening to this and your year's been a little bit crazy, I'd like to know. We'd like to know. Yeah. Just yeah. out of interest. Because um, ours has been crazy. But with Back the, the rookies, yeah, with the volunteers, I was just like, with the rookies So with the rookies, mm-hmm. um, and especially even on big calls, and as we always say, um, and as the chief likes to make sure we all understand as well, there's a job for everyone, and there's always something to do on a fire ground, mm-hmm. right? So Ash, do you want to take a little bit now, and maybe yeah, for this? sure. So I think you set that up well. There is a there is a job for everybody. And there's a there's a place for everyone. And we were b- back prior to hitting the record button. We were sitting around chatting, and that's kind of how tonight's topic came up. Um, no, it wasn't. No, we we planned it we weeks planned in advance. It. I mean, we had notes. <laughs> we had notes. <laughs> I got all these paper page. here and the flip diagram. As you mm. plan when we start the going in three, two, one. <laughs> yeah, two, when we talk about go. I just start counting, and yeah. then we start talking instantly. Um. But one of the biggest things for a rookie is there is just getting some form of live experience that they have to get out there. Um, so getting them on a truck, getting them to a scene, um, getting them just going through the motions. Um, once you're out there, if it's a large structure fire, they're going to see action. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be the nozzle person that's going to be going interior. They're not going to be, you know, the first person on a medical call that's going to drop down and have an an interaction with a patient, but there's something to do on every call. Um, if it's a MVI with extrication and medical, well, they might be doing some traffic control, but mm. while they're doing that, they're looking around. I mean, if you look at a rookie on a scene, they're a sponge. They are soaking everything up. If they're worth they anything, be. they are looking everywhere, and I love it because I'm looking at all these new guys coming in, and they're 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 eating it all up. So if it's a traffic control, they're looking, okay, well, that apparatus is parked like this. Okay, I understand why they would want to do that. Okay, well, this is happening. Okay, the ambulance does this next. If it's on a structure fire, they're second or third truck in. Uh, They're going to be, you know, you would hope at that point a lot of 
the initial attack has happened that a lot of us knocked down. So now they're coming in as a secondary attack. They're, they are probably going to get on a hose line. They're going to get some work done, but they're not the initial attack. They're yeah. they're probably more of a um, structure protection. Yeah, they don't have to be too technical with their nozzle work. Yeah. They don't have to like worry about steam. They're just putting logs on stuff yeah. at this point. But I mean, it's yeah. still, it's a huge eye-opener to get out there and get that, that live action that's, uh, um, you know, they generally wouldn't get if, if they weren't allowed to get out on that truck. We're not going to put them into a situation where it's, you know, the first truck rolling in and, oh, all right, you and you, let's go inside, let's go breach that door. And they're, yeah. like, that's probably not where they're going to end up. That shouldn't be where they end up, really. But just getting on scene, getting that stress inoculation of gearing yep. up quickly, of, you know, jumping off the truck and having a task. Because it doesn't matter if you show up 10 minutes into a larger scale call, there's still urgent tasks that need to happen. So having that urgency once you hop hop off the truck is something that they need to feel over and over and over. It's something that I need to feel over and over and over still, and I'm sure everybody in this room needs to. So it's not something that just goes away. You need to keep that or else, I mean, it's... For me, I feel if you don't if you don't use it, you lose it. I need that, so I'm constantly in that zone. Um, I'm sure if I left for years and came back the first truck, I'd be having a bloody jammer in the back seat. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. I'm super excited again. Just them driving to anyone driving to an alarm activation when mm-hmm. you're brand new. It's like it's going code three is a unique experience when you haven't done it before. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm in this big truck, lights and sirens going, people are getting out of our way, or not, but <laughs> for the most part, people are getting out of our way, uh, and, you know, we're going somewhere with ur- urgency, and it's yeah. another opportunity to, because, like I said, some of their basic skills are putting your PPE on, putting your SCB in, mm-hmm. and we are, we still put our SCB on in our truck, um, so getting that extra rep in of doing yeah. it in a timely manner and being ready once the truck stops, getting off the truck, being ready to fight. Well, as we all know, everything's really easy to do until the pressure hits. Yeah. And that is literally our job because the pressure has, has hit and that is why our pages have gone off. Yeah. So being able to consistently have that opportunity to jump on truck and get your pack on and remember how that goes <coughs> on and yeah. learn that process while you're under any sort of stress or tension is invaluable and you said it, Ash, mm-hmm. the inoculation of that is absolutely crucial yeah. and uh, if people are left off of trucks to Scott's point they'll never learn that and then the time yeah. they're called the pressure's already through the roof we've had people um, we had one member uh, she was fairly new and uh, one of the very first uh, wildfire calls that we had her on she she had some she got her mask on real quick mm-hmm. and uh she started having a bit of a hyperventilate in the back of the truck. We were a good 15 minutes out from the call, you know, yeah. and it was or 10 minutes away from the call to get there. And so she took her mask off and I kind of calmed her down and yeah. she got her breathing mm-hmm. back and everything was fine. And then she was good to go. Right. But it was that, this is my first call, all excited, ready to go, mask on. <laughs> when you're listening, you're listening to the radio yeah. and you're like, yeah, we got heavy smoke. We got this, we got that burning. We have this going. Mm-hmm. The more that happens, like, oh, oh, this is actually this is something. This, this is, is happening. Mm-hmm. We talked about it. We're the we're like the thin red line, like, you know, the thin blue line being the place where the thin red line. We're the only thing is coming to, yeah. to put this out. There's no that's it's no other safety net. Fire department's a thing. Yeah, like we could call mutual aid, but we're that's not going to happen until we need it. Um, fire department in each town is uh, we're the we're the line to stop the fire. We're not. Yeah, that's it. 
absolutely. I think a lot of people uh, in today's society always have that, that safety net well, for everything they do. I don't think a lot of people really think about it until it's that point until you're the safety net (laughs) yeah yeah you know it's it's so true it's so true i think there's a there's a very big gap which i think again is to and this was a conversation i was having with matt uh, with matt and his calls that he's raising with second alarm same thing maybe some of the issues on east matt east matt yeah i get confused with our matt (laughs) and east matt okay so not matt east matt east matt um And Matt was saying the same sort of thing, right? Maybe it's not the case that there's not more people that wouldn't want to do this. It's the fact that maybe people just don't understand that this is still something that you can actually do. Mm-hmm. And maybe more people need to understand what we do and mm-hmm. that you don't need to, you know, go to school for a million years and get 5,000 certificates and, mm-hmm. you know, be mm-hmm. able to be something that you're not until you are, you know? You can you can right. get in and learn on-the-job stuff and, and get the base training to get you going. Well, and... Just that, I can speak to that today. So, uh, the missus and I are in the checkout line um, at the grocery store. I was wearing this t-shirt. It's one of our old seminar shirts. Um, Were you here in, in this town? In this town. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the gentleman looks at me and he says, oh, are you a local firefighter? I'm like, I am. He says, what's, what's your job there? And so I'm like, uh start thinking I'm like oh well I mean podcaster yeah right so I'm like oh well I'm a captain um, we all have little specialties that we try to bring to it or whatever and he's like oh yeah, yeah okay cool 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 he's like oh I wish I could do something like that and I just looked back I'm like well you can he's like oh you know, at, at my age blah 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 and like this guy's not going to join the hall. It's, he's not the, the guy. But going through those motions, I hear it so often. It's like, ah, I wish I could do something like that. Well, you can. Like, get out there and do it. Um, like one day I wasn't a firefighter, the next day I was. And I'm hopefully becoming a better one with every day that I'm here. So it's not something that uh, we spoke about this before. It's not something that you, you have to show up and have all of these accredited skills from X time to today. You can show up and have no skills. Life skills, yes. Life skills are a must. Common sense is common a must. Common sense is a big one, right? So like, <laughs> Or good sense, because common sense isn't always a must. Yeah. <laughs> good yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there are some prerequisites in life that you have to kind of hit those boxes, but uh, um, as long as you have that, you learn so much more once you get in and then once you get out there. So it's all those check marks that, you know, life skills, life experience training but live action getting out rolling on a track doing all the repetitions it's key well you both mentioned it earlier as well with the sense of you know scott had said it before we started too every single call is an opportunity to learn you said Mm -hmm. it yourself you know the rookie should be looking around picking things up Mm -hmm. you know even if you're you're fetching tools now you know where the tools are on the truck Mm -hmm. now you've solidified that in your mind of where those tools are in the truck it's easy to grab a tool when you're in training and you can walk around the truck and open up two or three doors. Yeah. Oh, right. I still do it on occasion. No, I still do it on occasion. Because, you know, your, your brain goes, oh, where am I? I'm on unit. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, other side. That's right. And as soon as you open the door, you're like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah I'll be on the wrong side of the truck, <laughs> but yep. the right cabinet. Like, yeah. Oh. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's. You know, the moment you just see, like, the, the bottom inch. Yep. Ah, damn it. Yeah, extinguishers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. Like, Worst. Yep. Right. One of the 
on the irons. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. So, how do you fix that? Repetition. You, you get people on a truck and you get them to grab things. You know, and uh, you, you can do it in training a thousand times. Do it when it matters, when the stress level's high, and that's when it really gets engraved. So. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, as much as I said, there's no, when you're the fire, the fire department, there's no safety net. But when you're on the fire department, as a new guy, there's a safety net, and that's the everyone else. Everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we're like, and now you're, now you're on the fire department. Go put that fire out. No, it's like we have the safety net of all the other members that have been there for a lot longer. <laughs> Rookies first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here you go boys. Yeah, it's not like <laughs> tell us how bad it is. Yeah, it's not like uh, World War One where they send the, <laughs> the new guys out. The, yeah. yeah, you go charge the bunker yeah. and see what happens. If yeah. you live, then you're the old guy. <laughs> no, it's not that way. It's no. <laughs> the senior guys go first. <laughs> Yeah, and it, as long as, again, you have that supportive um, environment and you just teach people new things. Everyone, especially if you're a rookie, like Scott was saying, it gets to the point where if you're not included and you're not brought in and you're not showed things, you're not going to stay. Mm-hmm. The reason you joined was because there's a fun aspect to it, for sure. There's yeah. a very serious aspect to it when you very first begin because there's still yeah all right you've you've probably got the same sorts of screws loose like everybody else in the department because that's why you're here Mm -hmm. but you still don't fully understand how dangerous fire is and you've still got that line of maybe you're still kind of a little bit too afraid of it you don't know how far you can push yourself you're seeing other people do things that you think still maybe are a little bit too uh aggressive let's say Mm -hmm. um but Really, it's completely safe and, and we're doing what we need to do. So if you're not brought into those situations and shown how to deal with those things, gradually you can do it and build up that yeah. that line, yeah. right? Like, we don't have a hard and fast rule of when you can get on the first truck. It's like, I mean, I, I think at one point there might have been. It was for a bit. For years. But yeah, it was long before. Yeah, like, yeah. Even when I started, it wasn't like, it was like, well, I, I often tell this story. One of the senior guys told me, you're, you're useless for two years. <laughs> we don't say that anymore. That was an interview. That was the <laughs> that interview. interview yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I had that in mind. Too. Yeah. Well, we don't say that anymore. That's true. I'm still used to it. But, um, like, I, if I'm the captain and I see one of the new guys standing next to the truck and it's, you know, even if it's a something calm, but not a major, like, and there's no one, you know, if I could see another another senior guy running towards a truck, he's going on. But if it's a, if it's a you know, like a car fire and there's a, a new guy's down there, yeah, mm-hmm. get on the truck. Cause this is where you learn. Because, you know, like a car fire can be dangerous, but car fires are also a good learning experience. Because a car fire is, to me, it's like a little mini structure fire. Because <laughs> it's a, another little box on fire. <laughs> so, yeah, get on the truck. Apart from that truck, it was on fire. That was a fun one. What, recently? No. Oh, no, that one was good, too. <laughs> oh, that's the the old uh, dump truck over there. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on Main, then. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, get on the truck and just, you know, even let them run the nozzle a little bit. Because mm. yeah. if, if they already know how to run the nozzle, like, they're in training, they know how to turn the nozzle on and, and adjust the police pattern. So, yeah, as long as there's a senior guy backing them up, they can say, you know, narrow fog, straight stream, mm-hmm. or, or wide fog, straight stream, that, that sort of stuff. Yep. And... If it's not working out, it's easy enough to be like, hey, let's back out. Okay, you back me up now. We'll push in. Yeah. So, you know, that's when I look at it. Because I actually like having the, you know, the, we call them the black helmets because the new guys have black helmets on. 
and the senior guys have yellow helmets. So I like having a black helmet on the back of the truck because usually they work harder too. Because <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're they're trying to prove to us that they they're ready to go and they want to be in there. So mm-hmm. yeah, our our guys get after it. Mm. They get oh. after it every time, every time on that uh, on Oprah Fire too. Yeah. Um, it was me in the back with two black hats and they both got on the two and a half and you know what I sat there for a minute in fairness I think Kelsey is not almost shouldn't even black hat anymore but no <laughs> no true yeah. true but still uh, they're, they're both sat next to me and I sit I wait for a minute and they start talking and yeah. they're making a plan and mm-hmm. I'm like great I'll, uh, I'll grab the inch and a half off the side boys you guys deal with the two and they're like oh yeah, yeah we're and they'd already made the plan they knew what they were doing yeah. and they knew where they were going great absolutely great that's genius man it's awesome when you can see that unfolding um under the pressure too again because yeah. they've been on so many trucks now yeah pulled yeah. into these things that yeah you know they're having those conversations mm-hmm. yeah we don't turn guys away very often off the trucks Mm-mm. we have the ability to but yeah, i'm like get on i think with the training truck problem. and fall yeah. as well yeah you know everybody has a bit better understanding where where they're at and what they like what they've been through uh we're super lucky here to have our training facility as well uh i know a newer firefighter in um a different department without the live the, the live fire action that we get uh i mean maybe they don't uh they, they might not get uh quite quite the same results that that we are able to achieve here right. so we are pretty lucky to be able to, to go through um, our live fire building, our search burn building, um, Bob's new search building. Yeah, Bob's <laughs> building. So we gotta get on that. Um, so I think, I think that plays into uh, some of our department's success with some of the newer recruits. Our training and our um, our training facility uh, really lends to the success of what we have. But, I mean, also the people that are coming up. I mean, these guys right now are working like crazy, so. Yeah, because yeah, I think basically from, let's say, October till, like, January, it's every Thursday night, that's when we practice, every Thursday night is essentially you're, they're responding to a structure fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at our training facility, we're, they're fighting live fire every Thursday night for, for like, three months. <laughs> so, it's a rarity. Because now that we have two burn buildings... And it's going to be, well, well, the third one's not really going to be a burn building, but it's going to be a, <clears throat> an ability to smoke it out a lot. Yeah. But we really have two burn buildings, so we can do two practices, like two teams of people. Which we do. Yeah, attacking different types of structure fires. Yep. And, you know, structure fires aren't our only thing, but they're probably the most adrenaline-inducing mm-hmm. um, thing that everyone's worried about. Because, you know, that's they literally have a whole section called the interior firefighter. <laughs> There's ex- there's a wildfire guys ex- exterior and then interior because because I mean that, that is where guys get hurt but but uh, we or cutting holes in roofs they yeah, get hurt there too yeah you get hurt doing that we we're going to do that this fall oh yeah, yeah which we are going to start doing this a little bit fall? <laughs> we're going to do a little bit more roof ops we're going to do some roof cutting this fall yeah, this fall mm-hmm. yeah we're going to do a little bit more yeah, uh, roof on. operations we should yeah. we should after the last stuff mm. yeah not too much but it's going to be at least fun practice a year probably it's nice to have it in your back pocket yeah. That we can, yeah, yeah, it'd be good. Yeah. yeah, the one that the one that we had for that was very unique, just because it had multiple different. Roof. The roof. The roof. Last yeah. time we did a roof operation. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. really, we don't go on the roof. No. Ever. No. <laughs> ever. No. Um, no. 
We but, joined Stoic Mint Turn. Yeah, I digress. Mm-hmm. What else could rookies do? <laughs> <laughs> One thing I, I'm actually, I want to bring up <clears throat> this year, and I know Bob's probably listening to this right now, is uh, perhaps well, bring... Listen to next week. Or, or <laughs> whenever, whenever we put it out. <laughs> um, we have something called the Duty Crew, and the Duty Crew handles the small calls. Actually, we had, remarkably enough, I think we had basically two duty crew calls today were for yeah. chasing wild geese. Because <laughs> there was two, basically nothing calls that happened. Um, but I, I would like to see a rookie get put on each one of those mm-hmm. um, duty crews because I think we're missing another training opportunity for the, for the rookie. Totally agree. And I know there's a couple of them that when, when, when one of us can't cover the duty crew, they usually step up you, with their hands You see up. their hands go up. Yeah, pretty frequent. But I know when I started, it was like, no, you're not, you're you're too, you're a new guy. You can't be on the duty crew. Um, and I, I often was like, I thought later on, like, well, isn't that like, wasn't the duty crew the best thing to be on? Because there's, it's four other people. We know it's going to be a nothing call. Yeah. And if it was a something call, it would get upgraded. Mm-hmm. But it's mostly a nothing call, and there's three or four other people on that call to help you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's almost so, like a private little training session. Honestly, it is. Yeah, because you're oh, still yeah. driving in a truck. I mean, they could even drive the truck because mm-hmm. you may be pumping water, but it's not going to be urgently pumping water. Um, yeah, you may be driving Code Three, but usually not. Yeah. yeah. So it's something that I'm going to bring up, or I just did. <laughs> you just did. <laughs> you just brought it up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else can they do? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I think we had said earlier with the traffic and things like that, that's always useful. Traffic control, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. always mm-hmm. useful. It's also one of the, again, we go to like dangerous roles. I still feel like traffic control is one of the most dangerous roles that we do. Oh yeah. It's well, crazy dangerous. Over all the time. And there's all sorts of videos. And, all the yeah. time. Yeah. All the time. Um, one thing is the CPR or medical calls. Um, I know that we went to one a few weeks ago and mm-hmm. um, I asked one of the, one of the right, there was two, uh, uh, pretty much a brand new guy and then there was someone that's been on for a little while and I did ask both of them if they because when we're rotating because Ash and I were on the on the chest a lot doing mm-hmm. CPR and when we were rotating I'd ask the other guys you guys you know I'm not I'm not like hey come and join in the fun no I'm like hey you know if you want to mm-hmm. get in there if you're not ready yet don't but stay in like observe but uh, yeah and they both got in there yeah yeah mm-hmm. um you can kind of see it first of all, because at first that's what everybody's like, oh. Yeah, it's daunting when you're trying to do that, especially when you're trying to save someone's life. Yeah, because it's totally different than you know, the, the Annie doll where you're pumping on it and you're kind of making fun of it and stuff. But Oh, yeah. When there's a, quote, maybe dead guy there that you're trying to make not a dead guy. Yeah. You know, it's that's the utmost pressure. But yeah. We are here to save this man or this woman's life right now. It's yeah. more intense than any fire more intense, into. yeah, like, yeah. you know, and I remember coming into our department years ago, I would be on one of those calls and you'd get to the doorway and you'd be like, oh, no, 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 just hang out here. Yeah. And I understand that if it's, if the room is full, you don't want to have five extra bodies in there. But back to what Scott said, having one or two extra um, to observe, to jump on the chest if you need yeah. um, an extra set of hands in there, or just to be a gopher, you know? So seeing this, you know, you can't recreate that moment ever. Yeah. Like that needs to be something that you experience live. 
Um, <clears throat> so just getting somebody in there, um, observing the moment and then becoming the gopher because there's always things to grab. There's always prep work in the middle of all of that. Yeah, it's back to that stress inoculation. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm all for that. Obviously, our training is all for that, but the best is to, you know, holding guys at the door, you're not you're not doing them any favors. Just, yeah, no, you don't, you don't want to see what's going on in there. Okay, well, I don't really want to, but I, I, I need to because mm -hmm. eventually I'm going to be the one in there. So I should probably go see. Um, okay, well, okay, well it's, like it should be like case down in the room. Um, listen to what the paramedics are doing. Watch what our guys are doing. Get in there. Because to me, if I wasn't able to, and then all of a sudden I got th thrust into it, I think that's how things like PTSD and stuff happen. Mm -hmm. People that have unprepared minds are, yeah. are is a big a big thing mm -hmm. um, of why people get that. Because um, you're you know, suddenly you're like thrust. In, you're like, oh my god, what's going on? You're not prepared. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I think a big portion of that too, as well, is and it comes back to that when you've got enough members and you've got enough people there are people that we have that will not go to certain calls right. or they will hold yep. back and the only reason they know that is because they've been partially exposed to it probably in a way which was way too abrupt yep. and they were on the truck mm -hmm. and it was this is a bad call and it's you're already in the seat and that's tough sometimes and you know you deal with it what you can at the best time you can in the best way that you see fit and then you deal with it after but if there are op opportunities to step into a room when things like that are going on, and then they can say, you know what, that was not for me. Yeah. That was not for me. I now know that that is not for me, and that is not something that I'm probably going to be able to handle. I'll stick to burning buildings. Thank you very yeah. much. And, you know, we, we never force anybody into any role that they don't want to take. No. Um, and we never ask anyone to do anything that is, um, you know. Yeah, beyond their scope or their whatever mental capacity to handle. Yeah. And everybody knows their own level. Um, and if you don't, you learn it. And then as soon as you learn it, like you say, hey, well, this is, uh, I don't think I can handle that. Okay. Copy that. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. So don't be afraid to speak up to that either. But you're not going to know your level until you, until you at least it. dip your toe in it. Yeah. Which is why we try it. Like, which, uh, I don't know. From yeah. the door. I know Ash and I try to do that. We try to, and probably Grant, I think, too. Um, mm -hmm. We try to, um, we're, we're kind of the newer school. Um, we try to dip their toes in things. Um, possibly some of the older school guys are like, no, you either stay at the outside or you go right. In. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. Cause that's how they were taught. Right. And, uh, yeah, it, it, it would be tough to be just thrust onto the chest and start doing it. Cause I know it's happened yeah. to a few guys over the years and then they're right out of the department. A couple of guys are like, no, I'm out. Yeah. I don't want that to happen to me again. It's a lot to take. Yeah. It's a lot to take. And again, like you said, that gradual inoculation, even if you're yeah. just standing mm -hmm. in the room, seeing yeah. the process that these things happen, you understand. You have an understanding of mm -hmm. what is going to occur and what the paramedics are going to request of you and what our roles are in that kind of mm -hmm. position and whether or not that's going to fit for you. It makes yeah. sense. And, and the same thing, it applies to fire. Like, you, know, you, you open a door and the fire suddenly rolls over your head. Um, the good thing is we can do that inoculation through live fire yes mm -hmm. because that live fire will kill you just like a regular it is a re real fire it will kill you just as fast as a regular fire um we can we cannot medically induce someone to have a heart attack so we can do cpr on them right 
Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> never say never, Scott. Yeah. We get some pigs like they do out in there. Maybe mm-hmm. Peter would be after I was going to say, <laughs> yeah. all you Peter members. Yeah. <laughs> Scott yeah. doesn't mean it. So, I mean, there's... Yeah, yeah, there's there's things we can do with the rookies where we, we put them in slow. And I think that's the way to go. I think keeping people back and not letting them get on trucks and not letting them do things is, mm-hmm. is the wrong way to go. I would agree. And I think, uh, I think the fact that because we are so default aggressive and that kind of straight attention that we always give everything, you know, we, we do. We get off mm-hmm. the trucks. We train to be default aggressive. Yeah. Um, and we, we push to ensure that everybody is immediately on the attack um yeah it it can sometimes take people uh, a little bit a little bit wrong sometimes if they're not prepared for it luckily we do prepare guys in those situations we prepare them through the live fire training and we inoculate them to the quick aggressive get in there deal with the issue um but sometimes that that does need to that does need to be different uh, and sometimes you need to go into a defensive stance, which is where oh. that dichotomy comes in, right? Have to have it. Yeah. You yeah. Know someone else got? Yeah, actually, that's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, was that a couple weeks ago we talked about? A couple weeks ago. Jocko's first the, book. The terrible audio episode, which, which we'll have to do one day again. We'll have to do again. It's amazing that everybody had the same terrible audio. Yeah, I don't know what happened that uh, week. I blame the Russians. Yeah, it could <laughs> <be> the Russians. <laughs> um... They were trying to hack all the podcasts and wreck everyone's Monday. <laughs> Putin is on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we, we talked about the um, uh, Extreme Ownership book that Jocko wrote. Um, so right now I have the Dichotomy of Leadership with me. So chapter six, actually, called... So the, in their first book, they talked about all the stuff we talked about last week, and including, I think, um, Default Aggressive. And what they found was that everyone kind of... When they wrote that book, when Jocko and Leif wrote that book, everyone was was taking it to, for like, taking it to the extreme, like God, oh, everything has to be aggressive. Let's go. It's like, so I know a lot of times when I bring up aggressive fire attack, uh, not necessarily in our hall anymore because people anymore people get here. it in our mm-hmm. hall now. But I know when I first brought it up, they were like, what, what, "What are you doing?" Even when you've had conversations with other officers in other halls, yes, you've been looked at funny. So they they're like. Oh, you're super. You're too. You're you're very aggressive. Like I'll say, yeah, we're default aggressive. No, well, that's too aggressive. You're very. So they recognize aggressive with dangerous, um, and uh, and you know, an aggression sometimes is a bad word. And people don't get worried about it, but it's not. So their chapter is actually chapter six: aggressive, not reckless. So that's what we are. We're aggressive. We're not reckless, and we try to always be that way. We don't recklessly go into a building, but we will aggressively attack the fire. Mm-hmm. So, uh, which is, I mean, it's night and day from a lot of departments. It's, a lot of them are like, no, we're going to stay here. We're going to have a meeting first. Eventually we'll get to it. Um, but when when a, when a search has to happen, because a search should be happening on any structure fire, because we don't know who's in there, um, unless it's a fully involved, like it's, I'm, and I mean fully involved, uh, that's the other thing. A lot of people get fully involved and partial involved, like, Oh my, it's a fully involved fire. And we get there, it's like two rooms are on fire. And it's mm-hmm. a five bedroom, or five, you know, five room house. And yeah, it's not fully involved. It looks fully involved from the front. 
that fire we went to the other day. That was fully involved. That was half gone. <laughs> that made yeah. other things fully involved around it. Yeah. <laughs> it did, yes. So that, that fire, uh, that structure fire, was a truly fully involved structure fire. Everything was burning. The roof was already in. Um, it, the vehicles were lighting on fire around it. Propane things were going off. That was a truly fully involved fire. But I think a lot of departments, a lot of people get, they, they just say it's, that's like the go-to. It's fully involved. Okay, mm-hmm. well, two rooms are involved. <laughs> Three rooms are even if like under half the house is involved, it's not fully involved. Um, so we will still make the push in. We should be doing the search, whether it's VIS or, or it's a, just a standard um, search. Um, we should be doing the search. We should be breaching doors, um, vent- venting, um, doing a, maybe a transitional attack. Um, but we are going to be fairly aggressive with it. Um, it's not very often our first go-to is defensive. That, and I think Ash brought that up when we were driving because him and I were late to that last call we talked about. Um, we both, him and I, when we heard Bob say it's, it's a defensive fire, <laughs> I, I think <laughs> we're like, why? Come on! <laughs> you know, and kind of joking because mm-hmm. also we weren't there but we were just kind of both like, ah! And yeah, <laughs> there was a reason for it. And, and we weren't questioning Bob. We were just like, we were just like, what? It must it, 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 it must be really bad if yeah. it's, it's going to be defensive mm-hmm. right away. As he pulls up, it's offensive, yeah, because it's, yeah, it's very, it's not very often we say that anymore. It's fully defensive. Yeah. The, the old uh, warehouse packing house fire that we had, that was a defensive mm. right away. Everything was defensive. Actually, and even then, it wasn't, we still try to do a little bit of an aggressive push on that one side to try to save part of the structure. That's right. So, it, I don't think on that fire, Bob ever said it's a fully defensive fire. No. Um, whereas I feel in the past, like years past, like 10, 20 years ago, it would have been, yeah, we're just doing defensive on this. Well, even I think in the past, from past conversations and stories, it was just, you'd said it yourself. You'd turn up to a stretcher fire, you sit outside, you sit on the coil of two and a half or inch and a half, you aim it at the roof, the roof burns through, and now we've got water on the fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's that too was late. A couple, I, a couple of structure fires I was at. I'm just going to see and, that boy And burn. it still is. It's a common thing. And, and, and unfortunately, this the thing we have is called the playbook. And other, I, from listening to the guys in the bar, Brotherhood Academy, they also have um, exterior and interior people. Yep. They don't go by the playbook. We go by the mm-hmm. playbook. Mm-hmm. So we have um, a lot of departments around here exterior only so they're going to be pretty much defensive but do they need to be you could be exterior but and you can still shove the nozzle through the window <laughs> yeah, yeah you can do a lot of firefighting from the exterior while still being default aggressive mm-hmm. um, I know we had that fire a few weeks uh, the original Oprah fire and we had another department with us and they are currently an exterior only department and from what I see of what how they handle things they, they are they are kind of taught I don't know if they're taught or they just think that exterior means 10 feet 15 feet away from the structure yeah maybe that's what I don't know to me exterior means you're standing outside the building and half my body is going to be inside the building <laughs> fighting the fire <laughs> exterior as long as my one left foot is still outside the building I'm <laughs> exterior I'm firefighting exterior officer right <laughs> exterior now. is yeah. a transitional point right? yeah. like it's it's be it as hard as you can to get close enough to become mm-hmm. internal if possible if safe yeah. again default aggressive mm-hmm. not reckless like get close if you can deal with the situation as best you can from a distance make it safe to approach because that's our job save the structure yeah. save the stuff and uh, and get in there and do your job and at some point on every fire scene if you're going to save the structure 
You have to go inside. You, have to go in, yeah. you can't just be like, oh, well, I think I got it. Yeah. Where did that start? We'll wait four hours and, ah, shit, it's on fire again. Yeah. Spray and I, and I believe, up there. I believe what it says for exterior firefighting, you can only go interior once the IDLH environment is no longer there. So that means, like, it's not immediately dangerous to life and health. So mm-hmm. I guess that's a that's a that's a slide the sliding scale. Because <laughs> to me, what's dangerous for my life and health is probably different than somebody else's. It's relative. Yeah, it's all relative. <laughs> it's all relative. Uh, the fire's rolling over my head. It's not really that dangerous, but I stay on the floor. <laughs> I still have all this not fire around. <laughs> well, again, it comes back to that mm. inoculation, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you're in there, and luckily, again, like you said, we've got the we've got the means to train yeah. this. We've got the means to practice this to levels that we push to the point of of oh shit. Um, mm-hmm. For a reason, because we are in a training environment, and it's the best thing that you can do. It, you know, best time. I finally realized just how important that is, and I mean, maybe I kind of felt like one of those like salty old firefighters that you see <laughs> in the movies. So we we had um, a Northern Department come down. Uh, they don't get a lot of live fire training, and we were running them through both of our burn buildings last spring. Um, and they had, they had a lot of first-time live fire experience people there. And we're running them through uh, Cold Start, getting everything. Um, like it's just starting to roll over their, their heads. And I come walking in, and like they're all like really low, and like the fire is super, you know, like really, really hot, super smoky. I just come walking in, standing up, looking around. <laughs> and they look back at me like, down! I'm like... This is nothing. Your helmet's yeah, your like, helmet's kind of smoking. Kind of smoking a bit. And the fires roll over my head. Like I felt like I was that like forty five year old guy in the movies, like no mask, and I'm I'm, I'm in there smoking too. Right? Like, you did I, have I, a mask on. I, oh, I, absolutely, I did. Yeah, like I was full. Light your cigar out. on the on the yeah. layer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I got the I got the video actually. That was where we got the video. Yeah, for our which is really layer. cool, right? Like, yeah. so that's that stress inoculation that we speak of like it's our burn building we do this every thursday for six months out of the year so it i mean to us it's great um and you really see the benefit of it because uh, if we didn't have that um we'd be right back where those guys were so what we deem is safe i wouldn't be acting like that in a live burn you understand this is a dangerous scenario right but uh that is a a true example of what we, me, you, the majority of our department feels safe with. Other people that haven't had that, they're like, nope, this is crazy. Well, it's part of that cold start we do mm-hmm. is I make everybody stand up. So yeah. we're all kneeling. And then once, once, I, once I can see the thermal layer is where I want it, I get everybody stand up. Well, I actually get them to stand up a couple times. Get them to stand up first, put their hands high on the air. Yep. And you guys have all went through the same thing. Glove off. We, then we, yeah, glove off, feel what the heat level is. And then go back down. We have a little talk. We watch the fire start rolling. Now we stand back up again, and then we feel the thermal air, and then we test our gear, because now it's like, see how good your gear is. Okay, let's get back down. Get okay, touch the top of your helmet. Feel how hot your tail, top of your helmet is now. Um, so that's all that inoculation. So we know how far we're pushing ourselves, and we know we can get to the edge and be like, oh yeah, now it's time to get out. Cause, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. The 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 heat is one of the biggest things that you never really realize yeah. and to, especially with your gear right like it's not until you come out of a a really really hot fire 
like the one that we were on mm-hmm. the Oprah 2 that one when yeah, I stepped right. away yeah. and I had, I went for I went for another bottle and a, a bottle of water mm-hmm. and I took my gear off and I was still it was still hot and I yeah. pulled my gloves off first because it was easier to get to the buckle and as soon as I did that <laughs> I said the buckle was like ah sh- <laughs> idiot <laughs> <laughs> Hot fire, <laughs> stupid. Well, even because uh, when when we had lost water for a few minutes there, um, someone had left the nozzle near the fire, <laughs> and then the, when we got water again, I'm like, oh, we need that nozzle. So I like I go over there, and I'm like, yeah, it's getting pretty warm on the old on the old ears. <laughs> it was like burning through. It was coming through my belly clap. I was like, woohoo! So I quickly got the nozzle. <laughs> but then you know I wasn't panicking. I just dropped dropped onto a knee, and then uh, and actually there was another nozzle sitting there too. So we two of us grabbed the nozzles and laid the old fog and instantly cooled ourselves down and fought the fire a bit. Yeah. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, some people might have just went, oh, it's too hot to go in there, but we know where we're at. So we're being aggressive, we're not being reckless. Yeah. But, yeah. Because I mean, everything in live fire, we calculate it, you know, and is it dangerous? Yeah, it's, it's dangerous yeah. than any other training. It's part of the job, mm-hmm. yeah, there, but, isn't it? Yeah, but, we, but I always calculate, like, where are we at with our risk versus reward. We always have safety guys, we always have exits. We're only burning wood. For the most part, yeah, yeah. But I think that also comes down to, uh, and again, coming back to now with the having the captains inside, um, is another great aspect of that because there's another set of eyes making judgment calls that is detached, and mm-hmm. having that outside view. Great, great opportunity to make those calls and see where the real dangers and stuff are coming from. Yeah. If the other two sets of eyes don't catch it. Mm-hmm. Just frees up the manpower to work, um, and takes them away from having to. I don't want to say make decisions because they're still going to be on the floor making decisions as they move forward. But having that captain behind them with the greater picture, relay information with what's happening outside, with what's happening inside, um, yeah, it just makes life so much more focused on their task um, and I think as a department that was a super strong move forward yeah agreed because we can look at it and go okay again what's important now yeah do we need more hose we need a tool we need this we need that yeah yeah gents oh I gotta do the old um, shout outs don't we <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna go into the shout outs wrap up Good night, Matt yeah see you later bye <laughs> well not Matt East Matt will still be with us. East Matt will stick around. Thanks for sticking with us, East Matt. We appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not Matt. Like, Ty and not Matt. Not, he's not Matt. He's not not, not Matt. He's <laughs> definitely <laughs> Matt. He's like not he Matt. Be like, Matt. Ty and not, rope, not Matt. Rope, rope Matt. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 got the Matt episode. We should have a Matt episode. We should have another Matt episode. These are the Matt's I know. Yeah. <laughs> These well, we had a guy on the hall for a while. We called him New Matt. I don't know if you were here when that guy. I don't remember New Matt. We had New Matt, and he was on for like a good year and a half. We still call him New Matt. <laughs> but he, because he was the newest Matt. <laughs> well, pretty fair. Well, we had a new Kevin, and then we got a third Kevin, and then it was Kev one, two, and three. So <laughs> that really screwed me up the other day because I didn't realize that we actually had the on, Kevin three on his helmet. Oh really? <laughs> it's on his helmet. He's at, I'm like Kevin three. I'm like which one is that? <laughs> okay I'm like okay, that, okay I know I know which Kevin that is and I know what he can do okay it's <laughs> confusing yeah like we should have more like what injuries you have like bad back Kevin <laughs> well although he doesn't have a bad back anymore no, he's good, he's good. Yeah. yeah that's awesome 
Uh, Scott. Oh, okay, Chief Miller. He uh, <laughs> he has a bunch of stuff. <laughs> I don't have this feel down yet. Scott's, um, so he's the best one to start with. Uh, <laughs> uh, Chief Miller, if you don't know who he is and you listen to anything fire related, you probably aren't a firefighter. <laughs> um, he posts everything, reposts everything. Um, big on, I guess the biggest on Instagram, is that probably fair to say? Yeah, I think his Instagram yeah. presence is where he's it's at. Probably, Twitter. Yeah, uh, Twitter, Instagram. Pretty big on there. Um, yeah. I mean, he's on Facebook, of course, but mm-hmm. I think his, his main stuff is always on. Uh, yeah. Just because of the, the sheer volume of the stuff he reposts and, you know, is always on. Mm-hmm. Um, really good fire, lots of good fire videos, lots of good, lots of good mm-hmm. training videos. Um, has a lot of people under kind of doing what we do underneath him, sort of like putting the word out. Yeah. Trying to build the service back up. That's what I see him as, I think. Yeah, that's that's kind of the way that I see yeah. it. And he doesn't seem sure. to care. Like he's volunteer full time. Doesn't really matter. It's just a job. To it's just a job. Yeah. yeah. If you if you're fighting fire, you're. Yeah, if you're out there doing good things, you're part of the program. Wildfire guys are on there. Yeah. Everybody's on there. He's got, uh, I think right now, I just looked before we, because he sent us a uh, message today, which I didn't see till till tonight. Um, (coughs) And he's got, I think, about nine nine podcasts that he sponsors. Uh, And I think there's some full-time guys. There's uh, a lot of volley guys paid on call. And then, uh, yeah, forestry. Um, he shares everything. Like, it's crazy. If it's good content, he's going to share. He's got his own uh, chiefmillerapparel.com. Uh, he's get, getting into the clothing and such game as well. Um, yeah, he's a fire chief from... Uh, I want to say New York? I'm, I'm guessing. I should look. But he's definitely... He's a, <laughs> He's a, a retired fire chief. Um, anyway, uh, Chief Miller. Thanks, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Our shout-outs are going well. Yeah. They're going good. I think Carl needs to get on the shout-outs, too. Carl, let's get in there. Yeah. Oh, mate, I narrate yeah. the entire episode, boys. Oh, you narrate that. <laughs> Whatever. He narrates it. <laughs> it's a quick narrate. Motus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a snagger tool. Scott doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what else do I need to you say? Know, and I, I think some of these guys listen to because I went to go liberate one the other day for someone's <laughs> for someone's pants because they needed it for something. I think they are hiding on me because they know I'm going to steal it. <laughs> Jerks. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Speaking of liberate, I, I had two balaclavas and both of mine have gone missing. I need to go and every, actually, After every big fire, you lose gloves and balaclavas because you put them down and you're like, ah, it's really hot and sweaty and then yeah. some vulture grabs them. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look at that. It must be my balaclava. Yeah. Oh, I have two. Because yeah. that might be how I have three sets of gloves. I was going to say, it's <laughs> just hoarded like a magpie all the balaclavas. Yeah. They're mine. What was I Xander up by my locker the other day and he's our safety guy who also looks after all of our gear and I open up my, my locker and I've just, got, I've just got stuff in there, right? And he's like, uh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so we just shut that door quick and uh, move, move right. <laughs> and nothing to see here. Yeah. Modus. Modus. 
DTFF5 discount code, 5% off. Um, doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? These boys are doing some good products and uh, their margins are real small. They're making some good tools. So get your hands on them. We love them. Uh, great for uh, hauling the hose and, and uh, couplers, especially. Rob just loves yeah. his for couplers now. Uh, and Rob, I think, slips with his. He's like, yeah. he, he, well, he, he knows you're going to nick it. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> he pulls it on out, like, it's like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. Rubs it in your mm-hmm. face. Yeah. Well, we were doing that testing for that two and a half, and um, I guess we'll have some video of it soon. Mm-hmm. But we, uh, you know, we, I was trying to, I, I don't use a snagger tool because I don't have one. So, uh, you know, I, I'm doing some other stuff, and I'm like, yeah, I actually, you know, I'll get Rob or Ash to demo it because they know how to use it better. <laughs> and Rob rolls right up. Just running the two and a half like a boss with the freaking snagger tool. Of <laughs> course, <laughs> yeah. I barely know what end is. it is because, again, I don't have one. <laughs> Just keep bringing that up. You can borrow mine. Um, well, if I borrow it, I'm going to take it. But. Yeah, there you go. That's Motus. Uh, RZ Mask. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we say this every week, but uh, um, we truly bought into their their program we uh bought like 40 masks for the department um ended up going with the m1 uh which worked really well for us um they do have a couple uh other options which are great for other for other uh things this just seems to work the best for us uh it works awesome for like light smoke mop up um Yeah, pepper spray. We may have put a video about that, so check that out on the YouTubes. Um, But uh, yeah, we uh, we love them. We're we're training ourselves more and more as a department to pull these things out. Uh, If you're a pump operator, um, you know you're way away from the fire, but the wind shifts and you're stuck there. The truck can't move, so uh, we don't have SCBA for for the uh, pump operators. So throwing on the R, the old RZ mask it's uh, um, it's it's not perfect but man that, that takes a lot out you can still taste it you can still smell it in the air but you can breathe free like even going in and I've probably pushed the envelope of what they should be Scott was shaking his head yes um, I'm like eh, this is probably not RZ mask area but yeah here we are just kind of poking our head in to have a quick look um and I'm like, yeah, I can. Yeah, I am uh, in in a fire right now, but it's not impeding my breathing. I can sense it as I breathe, and you can taste it. But you're not getting that that scratchy throat immediately. Well, uh, and, I, and I notice after I don't when I'm like later on I don't, when I blow my nose. Like I said, I don't. There's no black. There's none of that out, yeah. anymore. There's no. Uh, I don't like get a sore throat for a mm-hmm. long time. My lungs don't burn. Any of that stuff. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. We had nothing before. Yeah. Now we have Yeah, we had SCBA or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Now we have something, and that something is being pulled out on every single call. We do still need some adjustment with when it gets pulled out, because there were people that I had to have discussions with on one of them where it was like, you know what? It's best to go and put your tank on right now. We're yeah. still in a situation where tank is yeah. way... Oh, oh, yeah. In reality, um, even NFPA standards are ideal H environment for SCBA. Mm. Yep. And 
a lot of exterior ops is not ideal age. Is not ideal age. Absolutely. So having that, um, which is I crazy because yeah. some, some of the times I'm like, this technically is an ideal age, but I would definitely want something over my mace right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have SCBA. Let's run them. Yeah. But in the times where, you know, I really look towards mop up or yeah. like I see at a scene, and he needs to be able to you know communicate well. Mm-hmm. Grass fires. Medical pools sure. even, too. Yep. Medical yeah. pools for sure. Um, Another good good option for them. So clearly we're, I mean, we're loving them, we're training them, we're using them as much as we can as as a department. Um, so they have offered up a discount code for uh, us and for all of y'all. Um, public safety. And that's going to garner a fresh 30%. That's uh, it's a heck of a deal. Um we're really stoked to be passing that along. So if you're in the market for them, hop on, check it out, use that discount code. It's going to be, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, we, we ordered 40 and it was a pretty sizable savings. So, yeah. Yeah. Bar. Brother to get on your radio. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Volunteer basically... firefighters. Fighting for a dying breed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, they basically do what we do on the on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Talked about them a little bit tonight. Yep. Um, they just recently came paid on actual paid on call. They were they were full volunteer. They were fully volunteer. It was a so they were a composite <clears throat> hall. They had um, oh, really? I don't know how many. Yeah. So there's there's paid guys out of their their hall. Oh, we should ask uh, Nick how uh, that went for them before. So it's uh, I've spoken to them briefly about it, and they're still transitioning, mm-hmm. and there's uh, a definite. It sounds like a, an adjustment curve that they're working through. Right. Um, but yeah, so they're kind of figuring out how it all works. I explained how ours worked. Like we, we in our hall have a, a pretty straightforward setup of how we get paid. Um, yeah. And it sounds like theirs is going to be a bit more of a cluster. Uh, but they're working through it, and it sounds like there there's room for change. So right. uh, they're just happy that there's some funds coming towards them now. So. Um, we really need to set a date. Yeah, they brought yeah, it up. Yeah, they brought it up today as well. Yeah. Today again? Yeah, I so he had, yeah. Uh, it was a solo. It was just, uh, it was just Nick. Um, he he did it quick. I was, earlier today, I was kind of feeling off. I've just been not sleeping enough. Definitely not drinking enough water. Um, <coughs> I went out of shower, and I was like, ah, I'm just going to toss on the old uh, Brotherhood Academy while I'm getting myself all freshened up for the evening. And, uh, I somehow laid, laid myself down as I was like reading a bit and I had that on in the background and I don't know like th- 30 minutes later the wife comes in and she's like oh I see what's happening here but uh, yeah so I, I listened through their latest episode and he brought it back up again how uh, we have to get together uh, try to pick a time uh, probably getting into October at this point but um, we'll have to hammer it out maybe pick a Saturday when they're recording maybe because we're we can maybe make ourselves available yeah. earlier. So we'll figure that out. Uh, but yeah, look look for that. Look for the old uh, collaboration. Hmm. Yeah. They got shirts, don't you? They do you have do? shirts. Yeah. One day we'll have shirts. Mm-hmm. We've got I have a shirt on. Shirt. I just don't have a DTFF shirt. Yeah. <laughs> we have DTFF shirts. One day we'll have a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> we did. 
Yeah, one love what Brotherhood Academy shirts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For $23.99 American with minimal shipping, I'm sure we could have uh, Brotherhood Academy shirts. Yeah. There you go. I would love We're really going to do 20 Canadian. Yeah, yeah. Like, just saying. That's like too low, bad blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That she comes free with too low, bad blue. Eating some of our chowder. <laughs> Giving it away. Uh, Scott. No, so I, stop the bleed. The, I just did bar. You do stop the bleed. No, you just do stop the bleed. Stop the bleed. Stop it. <laughs> just stop, stop it. all the bleeding. Cut it out. Um, stop the bleed initiative. <laughs> uh, I don't know if... It, yeah, we talked... We, we did a... Did we do a whole episode on stop the bleed? I can't remember. We did a portion of it portion. when we had uh, Timeless on. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a reminder. It's, it comes from the Hartford Consensus, which was uh, after the Sandy Hook school shootings. Um, obviously, there's been a lot more shootings since and previous to that but they realized that uh, a team of people a team of doctors got together surgeons said you know there's ways to mitigate this bleeding and let's teach everybody in the world it so that's the goal is to have bleeding control um, initiatives out there and uh, basically these things to be on the wall right next to the AED where there's going to be bleeding control kits Um, it's you know in the last I was thinking today in the last since I started doing this with Todd, well, two months now, since Todd and I got our instructor's tickets, um, I think I've taught about 100 and, well, between Todd and I, but, you know, 120 people. That's pretty good. So that's pretty good. You know, I mean, it's all free. So, and the only thing, and the only real cost to us is, you know, we, we've developed some, you know, our yoga blocks of spray, and the only real cost to us is buying those little blocks and buying some $20 pumpers and, and then now the the food coloring just to make it look a little bit more realistic, but really that's only cost us, and we just pass it on because it's we think it's so important. And I know Todd, I was talking, we're going to start uh, talking to the schools in the fall, teaching more around here, and then hopefully expanding. Because I mean, it's not like oh, I got my instructor ticket. It's fairly easy. Yeah, <laughs> once you take the course, and you have. a you know, you have to do a couple checkboxes, but you can also become an instructor because it is relatively easy. Um, I know when I taught it, the guys were like, oh, that was it? That's what you talk about? And I'm like, yeah, but if you don't know it, it's like anything else. If you don't, like, really, how hard is it to run a nozzle? <laughs> Ultimately, <laughs> the really. The comes out of which end? Yeah, they all are, yeah, you have to on, off, on, off. <laughs> in reality, fighting fire ain't that hard either. <laughs> it's just doing it over and over and over again. And getting good at it is, is what the, the challenge is, right? So same thing, you know, <laughs> learn how to apply a tourniquet, learn how to stop bleeding. It's, it's like anything else. It's another, just another skill to add. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. CPR isn't that hard either. But when you when you don't know how to do it, you don't know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. You're not helping anyone, so, yeah. Website? Uh, bleedingcontrol.org is the website. Check it out. See how you can become maybe an instructor for your area. And uh, yeah, get after it a little bit. I mean, they don't uh, they don't really give you anything for free, um, which is fine. If you're interested in, you know, maybe you can get your your hall to sponsor it or some local you know, hospital or something. Um, you basically need you know however big your class is going to be. You know, you need six or seven training tourniquets and uh, some wound packing. Um, simulators you can buy really expensive ones you can make cheaper ones like we made i mean you probably make cheaper ones than that <laughs> i've seen even cheaper ones than that made so 
It's pretty easy. Yeah, and if you're interested in how we did ours, you can take a look at the video. Take a look at the video on the on the Facebook page there. Uh, it'll also be up on YouTube next week. And that was really mode one. Um, like yeah. we, I haven't we haven't really upgraded the actual packing thing itself, but we've uh, we've done we've upgraded some of the scenarios a little bit more to make them a little bit more realistic. So yeah, it's one thing about stop the bleed. As long as we're sticking with the general curriculum, they they're kind of okay with you know adding things. As long as you're not totally doing something weird, you, you can go off mm -hmm. a little bit, and it's it's beneficial for especially us in the training section and stuff. We can maybe add it starting into scenarios and things like that right yeah that'll be good and then we have second alarm mm -hmm. Matt 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 East Matt East Matt East Matt Matt not not Matt EM not not Matt East Matt secondalarm.org Matt and his calls trying to um, make sure that we get more people through our doors, more volunteers for our departments, more people understanding what we do and uh, really trying to showcase the skill sets that uh, as firefighters we train every day and every opportunity we can and uh, trying to get more and more people involved with that. Um, Matt's calls is a very, very important one, especially to halls that have difficulty finding people. Um, it's going to be a national thing. Um, I know when I was talking to him last, he had said that uh, they were getting ready to do their initial rollouts so uh, of commercials and things like that. So yeah, take a look, secondalarm.org, and uh, support them if and where you can, because uh, sign up, they got a they got a sign up page and things you can sign up for information as it goes through yeah. again it doesn't cost you anything it's there to help all of us in the volunteer firefighter service to get more aware <coughs> people in our halls yeah and lastly but not leastly us 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 if you like us thank you if you mm -hmm. don't like us anyway Mm -hmm. I think um, if they didn't, they probably wouldn't have listened this long. No, they probably wouldn't have right. This is terrible. I yeah. can't wait to listen to the end. Yeah. <laughs> See if they mention no, no. it. Just can't reach it. Like us on Facebook, on Insta, mm -hmm. on where are we at? YouTube. Right. YouTube, video content. If you like our stuff, reshare, post. Give us a view. Give us mm -hmm. a, a review star rating on any of the podcast apps that you listen to us on we really really appreciate it it really helps us as i'm sure every podcast ever you listen to will tell you it does help genuinely helps and uh, again like i said we do greatly appreciate it the more things like that we get the more products and things that we get to play with and uh, the more information that we can mm. give you on those things too so please do it It'd be great if you could. We appreciate you all for listening. Gentlemen. I think we're good. Ash. Thanks, guys. Scott. Good night. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Stay DTFF. <laughs>